What's up, Progressive Robo family? Welcome back to the podcast. So excited to have you today. We're in for a special treat today. I interviewed Mr. David Shotwell, who is a physical therapist from the Philippines, and he's an awesome dude to get to know. Uh, and I had a, a, a really good time interviewing him today. Um, we are uh, right now. I'm coming to you from our my new home gym studio, and uh, I just wanted to preface this first episode with Mr. David that uh, we did have some audio issues capturing the audio. Um, and we didn't know it until after we recorded, but it was good enough to release. And so if you if you hear a massive difference in the audio quality with this episode versus my last one, that's why um, I'm not even going to get into the techni- uh, technical issues that we did. But anyways, it's still um, audible and you can still hear it and understand it. Um, but uh, come back next week and you'll see the difference of the audio quality. All right. Well, um, let's get to the show. Thank you for stopping by. Goodbye. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Progressive Overload Podcast. Have you ever thought about strengthening multiple areas of your life at the same time? Then you've come to the right place. Our goal is to help you identify ways that you might need a progressive overload to break through those plateaus and keep you growing. What's up, Progressive Overload Podcast? Welcome back to the show. We're so glad to have you tune in today and uh, so excited to bring another awesome guest into the studio today. Um, He's actually invited us into his kitchen right now, and we're... uh, just uh, gracing um, ourselves on his table, whatever that means. That we are. That we are. <laughs> well, we, uh, Mr. David Shotwell, we are so glad to have you today. How are you today? I'm doing great. Awesome. Happy to be here. Walker, thank you for bringing on another amazing guest. Oh, you yes. betcha, bro. I'm going to start having to get you a finder fee. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I can do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so Mr. David is a physical therapist, um, currently working in the home health field, but uh we're going to talk a little bit about physical therapy today. Uh, it's a big passion of mine. Uh, I've worked in fitness centers that are always a part of a physical therapy product uh, for forever now, and, and I think it's a, a, a possibly an answer for a lot of uh, issues uh, out there uh, in the healthcare world. Um, so we're going to dive into that, and then also just kind of dive into David's testimony and uh, how he came to know Jesus. And so let's just dive in. Mm-hmm. All right, David, introduce us. Introduce yourself to our audience. Um, you are a big fitness fan, I hear. You are the CrossFit kind of guy, um, and I won't hold that against you. Um, <laughs> He's also a Spartan person. Oh, and a Spartan person. Yeah. Weekend so uh, let's just tell us a little bit about yourself. Just go for it. It all began when I was born. <laughs> that far back. But... Maybe you're just going out there now. <laughs> I actually was pretty sickly growing up as a kid. Um, I didn't really uh, pursue any athletic endeavors. It wasn't really until I went um, into um, yeah uh, my line of work that I started seeing you know the effects of how people would get sick because of their lifestyle, um, and there was a disconnect in my head for quite a while right. where um, I was studying about it, but I wasn't really applying it mm-hmm. in my life at the time. Um, there was a time I was uh, 240 pounds. Um, Are you serious? I, I was, yeah. And I'm trying. Just so y'all know, I'm trying to reach 240 pounds. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, that might be 240 pounds of muscle, but mine was definitely more of the adipose tissue kind. I get it. I get it. Yeah, and um, I think the thing that kind of stuck with me was when I was um, visiting with a patient. Like, I was telling them um, what they needed to do, and then mm-hmm. I was like, huh. I probably should start applying some of what I'm saying. Absolutely. And so when I moved to the U.S., we have a common friend who okay. was pretty passionate about it. And I think 
having someone to kind of work out with really helped kickstart the journey for me. That's awesome, man. Um, So you were 240 at at kind of your heaviest. Was this uh, before you moved to America? Uh, Yes. Okay. And And I would say actually probably for the first uh, six months that I was here. Gotcha. See, most people gain their weight when they come to America, right? Ah, that's, yeah. <laughs> I, I could see that because, uh, you know, it's seesawed uh, a couple of times. And I mm-hmm. think it's it's whenever um, I let life carry um, away, like with my diet, with yeah. my um, activity choices. Mm-hmm. So I, I could see that being the case. I get it. Um, so what, what, what was life like growing up in the Philippines? Um, you know, there are a lot of things I think that are taken for granted both ways really? you know there were things yeah. back home where you would consider them luxuries here really? yeah. and then conversely um there are a lot of things here that are so much more efficient um yeah. it's it's uh one of those things where you don't really know what the place is like until you've been there and right. i would say the same holds true for the u.s mm-hmm. you kind of have these preconceived notions and right. until you live here don't really know what to right, expect right. Hmm. So do you consider yourself your uh, America your home now? Are you you plan on staying here the rest of your life? Uh, I would say for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Um, what what's kind of a major religion over there? So predominantly oh. Catholic, and okay. um, I was born and raised in a Christian household. So being born again Christian was yeah. more of a minority there. Yeah. Yeah. Did you go to like a Catholic school? Mm. I went to a Christian school for my grade school, a Catholic school for um, high school and college. Yeah, cool. So are your parents Catholic or are they... They were born and raised yeah, in a Catholic household, but okay. they both um, became Christian, um, if I'm not mistaken, probably about 15 years before I was uh, born. Yeah. Okay. Wow. wow, that's cool. Um, I want to dive into that a little bit more <laughs> later on, but let's uh, let's talk about some physical therapy stuff. At what point did you know you wanted to become a physical therapist? I didn't. <laughs> Actually, um, I, I kind of see it now as God's hand on my life because yeah, I course. always told myself I wanted to be a doctor and mm-hmm. that was just something that um, I thought would be easy, attainable, without that much effort. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I was just fortunate enough that I went into physical therapy as a pre-med course mm-hmm. um, and I wound up really liking it the more I worked in it. Cool. So. All panned out great, and I didn't see it at the time, but God knew yeah. what he was doing. Yeah. <laughs> did you do that uh, therapy school in the Philippines? I did, yeah. So when you come to the States, you just have to kind of take the relicensure t- test kind of thing? Or yes, um, so you have to send in your course um, work, and mm-hmm. they have to see whether the units are equivalent to the right. degree here. Right. Then you have to take the um, licensure exam, and then you have to wait for your visa. Okay. Well, didn't you get some work experience in the Philippines before coming over here? I did. You were, I was working for about two years. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. Um, so working there for a little bit and now here, what mm-hmm. uh, what are some major differences in the practice do you, do you see, if any? Mm-hmm. Payer sources, you know, um, over there, insurance isn't the primary driving thing. Is it? Okay. So I would say in terms of motivation, um, the hospital I worked at had inpatient and outpatient, mm-hmm. and so most of the time if they showed up for outpatient therapy, they were really pretty committed. Yeah. Them or their family member who yeah. <laughs> called their butts up there. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's awesome. Um, so they actually care about the health of patients instead of making money? You, um, you know, there's always the 
money bottom line for right. anything, but I would say that um, it wasn't the primary driving uh, factor. Yeah, that's good. What was the, the the typical population of people that you mostly worked with, or was it just hit um, or miss? Or so I worked at the tertiary hospital. Most of my cases were following a stroke um, or a Whoa. CVA. Um, I did deal with multiple neurological cases, so I had patients mm-hmm. with multiple sclerosis, mm-hmm. Parkinson's, but majority of the ones that we saw who were at the hospital were for CVAs. Um, they had across the hall from us like a specialized cardiac mm-hmm. rehab program, which is a whole different ball game. Um, and then we did see outpatient musculoskeletal cases, so yeah. it was a pretty good mix, I think. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Age range also kind of varied. We yeah. had some who were like, again, um, 60, 70, 80, mm-hmm. um, but we had people who were like working age. Yeah. Um, wow. What would you say the number one goal of every physical therapist is? Uh, oh, wow. They always say like optimizing movement and function. Yeah. Um, I would say for me, really, if I can just help the patient's life yeah. get better. Right, exactly. Yeah. I think my biggest problem with physical therapy. And and it's and, and this is totally driven by insurance. Uh, is so. Let me ask you a question. How what what is the and I know the answer, but I'm asking you. What is the the process of gaining strength uh, um, in the development phase? So like, uh, like the progressive overload. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, literally. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. the thing is, it we know that the first four to six weeks of a exercise program, your strengthenings are neurological. It's synchronization of motor units. Mm-hmm. Um, but usually, especially outpatient therapy, they're done with their therapy in six to eight, four, four to six to eight weeks most of the time. Mm-hmm. And so my biggest problem is mm-hmm. they they help them gain, I mean, function most of the time, but minimum function, and then they stop their program and they don't do their at-home exercises. Mm-hmm. And then they come right back, and they're repeat offenders over and over. They, repeat offenders. Yeah, that sounds so bad. Yeah, <laughs> does, but Go ahead. I think the thing that's tough is um, I, I know that there are consistently changes being made to how Medicare is structuring it. Yeah. Um, also with um, third-party payers like the private insurance companies. Yeah. I would say for me, the thing that even in the professional scope that they're trying to push is not underdosing your exercise prescription because yes. sometimes the thing that's tough is you've got someone who's medically frail mm-hmm. and you don't want to overexert them yes. but at the same time um, how much of the carryover is really being insured once they're done seeing y'all because exactly. I, I can kind of see yeah. it's all like a big balancing act mm-hmm. but the tough thing is if they don't carry on with any program past a certain point then it's that rinse repeat cycle that you're talking about right right yeah, on, oh man, you, you struck a chord there because I think I mean I I've I've worked in the physical therapy fitness uh, um, field for so long now, and so many physical therapists underdose their patients. Like uh, just for for example, like doing a leg press like at our at our at our uh, our gym. I have the, some 80-year-old, 90-year-old people doing at least 80 to 100 pounds on a leg press. Yeah. But every single time I see somebody with doing it with physical therapy, they're just doing 10 pounds, 5 pounds, maybe 20 pounds. And I've never seen anybody go up higher than that almost. And it's just, 
it's always driven me crazy because I don't know. Is that just a caution approach or? Yeah, it's just, just they're so timid so many times, and and you probably know if you've ever worked with uh, trainers or strength coaches or anything like that. There's always kind of a a headbutting between therapists and trainers a little bit. <laughs> so that a lot of times because and uh, I don't know. But luckily, I work with with pretty good therapists, and and they understand how true progressive overload works. But um, I think they underdose them a lot of the times. What does Tyson think? Probably uh, he's since Tyson uh, takes his strength and conditioning so serious with himself and his fighters, I feel like he understands that a lot more than most. And just like you were saying a little ago, you understood that you were preaching these things, but not living them out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's so important for, phys- for a physical therapist, especially when you're giving advice to your patients all day, every day. They think you're king, and they're going to listen to whatever you tell them to do. And mm. so <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's not. The thing that's maybe hard. Not. Yeah, because um, I would say um, with the population that physical therapists are kind of used to seeing, most of the time it's because you're not just prescribing exercise per se. Sometimes it's hard to get them to buy in. To changing their lifestyle because right. I would say sometimes there are patients who help you out as a therapist I keep mm-hmm. thinking of one lady that I saw who had a whole gamut of problems um, especially with regards to um, just even getting out of bed like yeah, you know that yeah. sometimes you see people that standing up out of a chair is mm-hmm. such a chore for him right. and for her um, there was no way that insurance was gonna authorize us to see her for as long as it would take for her to turn her life around completely but it's kind of refreshing because she would visit us um i think sometimes it's hard discussing certain areas like if their primary factor for having a difficulty with all of those mobility issues is they're overweight and that's what's Mm -hmm. um the big limiting factor is sometimes when you have severe osteoarthritis physical therapy exercises can help but they're not the solution like Correct, they really yeah. need to mm-hmm. yeah. um, work on um, that first before there's going to be any appreciable progress right, right. Um, and I think sometimes the thing that's hard is it's a communication between the patient their providers mm-hmm. their trainers yeah. their doctors yeah. and it's hard getting everybody on the same page to have a really holistic approach exactly right um, and so I would say like um, during the um, I took a transitional doctorate here for my um, schooling okay. and that is one of the things that they were pushing because I know that That's there great. are times that I I underdosed with mm-hmm. exercise but it's also getting them to buy into actually doing it yeah absolutely mm-hmm. and yeah. I would say with um, again that back and forth sometimes is um, it's kind of getting everybody on the same page it really would yeah. change it for that lady she kind of took a little bit of the advice I gave her and she ran with it I mean that's very cool I can't blame yeah. responsibility for anything that she did after she discharged right, from us right. but she I think saw the changes that was happening when mm-hmm. she started putting those in and it was neat she like came back first time she visited um, she was in a motorized scooter mm-hmm. next time she was in a four-wheeled walker yeah. and then the next time it was a game then wow I've cool. run into her in town without any assistive advice. Oh, cool. She's like back wow. to doing what a praise. Uh, yeah, so I would say for her, it was because she bought in and she mm-hmm. ran with it. Yeah. That's the best way I'd put it. Yeah. Physical therapy wow. uh, within the med- medical continuum 
physical therapy is one of the best gateways to getting people into fitness. Um, <clears throat> because one, do what? I agree. Oh, yeah. Well, with uh, physical therapy, if they can have a relationship, okay, here's, here's how it should work in the perfect world. A physician has a great relationship with a physical therapist who has a great relationship with a strength coach or a personal trainer. And this person can just be passed down the continuum from clinic to physical therapy to lifestyle fitness, mm -hmm. where it's we, we, we saw a physician for, for an acute problem or a chronic pain problem, whatever. And then the physical therapist comes and they see, wow, this exercise that I'm doing not only helps my back pain when I came to see the doctor for I have so much more energy throughout the day. My my libido's gone up. My uh, whatever, all these different things that, that fitness helps with. And they're like, mm -hmm. man, I want to do this for forever. And then that's when they come see us, you and me, Walker. They're like, mm -hmm. all right. So I saw the physical therapist for my low back pain. Can you help me address the rest of my body now? Mm -hmm. And that's uh, that's how I've made a living the last five or six years. Kind of like one big team. Yeah, that's the way it's supposed Versus to work. You're never gonna get my client, David. Exactly. <laughs> Neither are you, Joe. Exactly. And and a lot of physicians are like that. They they want to be the god. They want to be the ones that answer all of the Ooh. problems. They want to be the one that you come to for help. God mm -hmm. card. <laughs> I will say, for me, I kind of tell my patients, uh, especially on discharge, that I really would rather just see them out about down doing Absolutely. fun activities. Yeah. Um, and I say I don't. I don't mind seeing you because most of them are lovely people to work yeah. with. But I said I would much rather see you out enjoying the things that you do yeah. versus you having another fall, exactly. another issue. And I think the thing that's tough is, again, um, getting people to have that switch in mindset because um, you definitely do not want to just have people cycling through that, yeah. getting sick, exactly. and then relapsing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I would say like with most of the physicians, I think the thing that's difficult again is the contact time and what really is being discussed during their mm -hmm. visits. I know it varies greatly from yeah. doctor to doctor. It does, yeah. yeah. Um, for me, um, I, I do like my line of work now because I get to spend quite a bit of time with them in that's their home. Good, yeah. There's yeah. less of that filter because it used to be when I'd see them um, it was because they came to our facility exactly. versus now you really kind of see what what they're dealing yeah. with makes more it a little more em yeah. and empathetic because okay yeah it's kind of easy to say you know do this this and this but you don't know what really goes on behind the scenes for them yeah absolutely yeah, yeah that's cool um so you, you we talked about getting them buy-in that's a hard thing to do as a trainer or a, a physical therapist mm -hmm. so how do you um how do you assess someone's um uh, motivation, discipline, psyche, or whatever. How do how do you adjust uh, how you approach mm -hmm. your patient based on where they are mentally? It kind of depends because, like, you again have these moments where you encounter them. Some of them will promise that they're doing everything that you're telling uh -huh. them to do, uh -huh. but the results kind of say otherwise. So. You always just kind of have to find that balance with motivating the patient, making it as fun and enjoyable instead yeah, of, and also kind of sometimes there's nothing quite like the truth. Mm -hmm. I, I find that yeah. sometimes when you tell people something but you see they see your heart behind it, yeah. instead of you just barking orders at them, if you can kind of give them a little bit of yeah. motivation or sugarcoat it yeah. in some yeah, yeah. some ways. 
funny funny mention barking orders at the gym today there was uh, with my trainers and uh, a new uh, trainer <laughs> with my clients and a new trainer we were talking about like a drill sergeant and if mm-hmm. if that motivates you or shut you down and we were it was just funny you were yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. some clients ironic <laughs> some clients want you to be that way and they get enjoyment from getting yelled at and pushed. That is not um, me. Not me. No. I tell my I tell my uh, my emails like if that's what you're searching for, mm-hmm. I'm not your guy. Yeah. Um. So, how has uh since you got into fitness, since you got into actually taking your health seriously, practicing what you preach, how has that changed the way that you treat your patients? Hmm. It, it kind of varies in the. Before it was easier for me to say something, but there was that disconnect yeah, that I yeah. talked about. Mm-hmm. And now for me, sometimes I'm discussing with them like, hey, you need to really keep on your exercises. Mm -hmm. And sometimes for them, it makes it easier for them to see like when I share that on my own, I was like, I know sometimes you fall off the wagon, but the best thing that you can do is just hop back on. So it doesn't mean that you have to do it 100% of the time, but you have to find that happy, sustainable medium for what really works for you. But at the same time, um, I would say that there are people, it's hard when they don't have support systems. Yeah. I, I find mm-hmm. that for me, um, my internal motivation isn't as good as it ought to be. So it always helps when I find people that I can be accountable yeah, with. Absolutely. And I would say like for my patients, um, sometimes I encourage them with their family members. Sometimes it's also changing how they help because in their mind, sometimes they... I don't know if it's guilt trip it or, yeah. um, but sometimes they think that they're helping, but the way that they're communicating is what shuts the patient down in the totally first place. So yeah. totally good. There, there are a lot of different factors. You always kind of have to read the room. I say that's yeah. how I do it. I think you can uh, in, in the fitness world, especially, and it probably translates to physical therapy too. But you, you can always spot a new trainer when their main focus is just to kick that person's butt. They they want their client the, a new trainer will want their client leaving like just dead. dragging and mm. dead and sweaty drenched like, in sweat. I did my job. I got them a good workout. Uh-huh. A good seasoned trainer will want their client feeling better than when they walked walked in, not feeling dragged and worse and less energized. Um, so I like I like how you express a seasoned trainer or a seasoned gym goer. Yeah right workout reg- I don't know but yeah. it's like a seasoned season. person it's like mm-hmm. ah that means they're in the gym all seasons or they're there for a purpose yeah I don't know where that term comes from honestly mm. it's been seasoned in your last episode you were talking mm-hmm. about I was like uh-huh. man that's such a good one I'm gonna yeah. go with your grandmother's cast iron that's what I was going in my head <laughs> I was thinking cast iron in my head you, you, you put it through it's been tried and tested and used and it's been through uh-huh. it that's what I kind of think about I don't know also, what, what David was talking about, about just getting back on the, the, band, the bandwagon versus mm-hmm. just remaining on the struggle bus or the broken bus. Um, sorry, I use that word a lot. I think it's really funny. <laughs> it's okay. um, It's kind of cool because you can almost take that into every area of life is just try. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, wow, that's so powerful. Then you get Yoda who's saying do or do not. There is no try, and you're like, oh great. Oh. <laughs> Watches it. One of the greatest philosophers of our time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Are you a Star Wars nerd like him? And no, not this. Not we as much. have discussed it. He really likes Avatar: Last Airbender. I really like Star Wars, aka Clone Wars and Rebels and all that stuff. It's the same director. 
Is it really? Yeah. Oh, Dave Filoni. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, so I think well. you knew more about that than. <laughs> 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 okay. Oh man. So um, I wanted to uh, talk about the moment where you uh, you grew up Catholic, and then you kind of converted to. Uh, Oh, or, well, sorry, no. So my mom and dad... He found okay. truth. Um, yeah, my yeah. mom and dad were uh, born and raised Catholic. Yeah, yeah. My mom, I think, um, when she was in college, started going to a, a more charismatic uh-huh. group. And that's kind of where they say you're, like, dipping your waters into <laughs> 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 being a Christian. Because I think there's a disconnect sometimes with what the Word says versus, you know, um, what tradition... Mm-hmm. They call Absolutely. it tradition says, yeah. and so I think it's hard because it's deeply ingrained in the culture mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And so I would run into issues where I would be. So when I was in Christian school, it wasn't a problem. But when mm-hmm. I started going to Catholic schools, there were some times where they'd call you out. Uh, really? They'd yeah, basically call you a heretic or <laughs> that really? you follow serious? Yeah, and I mean, it's not very encouraging. <laughs> it is not, but again, you are the minority. And mm-hmm. I think the thing sometimes that's hard is having that exchange of ideas without it um, turning into name calling. Right. Yeah. I would say for my mom, she's a lot more passionate than I am, like way more. And I think it's because for her, it, it's such a big switch because she used to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, Catholic and then she became Christian and I think you know um, for her the way she put it was that you know she, it's like the light came on mm-hmm. yeah. um, and I think for a lot of people um, for me I was raised in a Christian household but it's not until you choose it for yourself like right. it has to be a personal thing Absolutely. when I came here to the US um, my parents weren't here to drag my butt to church anymore exactly. so you kind of have to pick up and make it your own. Um, yeah. yeah. What do we call that? <laughs> Brain freeze. What? <laughs> what do we call that whenever you you, uh, you make what you believe your own? Remember? Oh own. my gosh, I really forgot. Come on. I'm thinking. You gotta, you gotta unpack your suitcase and pack oh, it with everything. Uh, I, I was trying to give you. I was trying to so. give you an alley-oop, man. I know. I'm sorry. My brain's been. Wait, 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 wait. Um, what do you call that, Walker? I really don't know. It's so, so bad. Oh, man, so what is it? I just told you. Is it your suitcase? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I call it something different. Oh, I don't know. I was just, I thought, I, I, I bring that up all the time. You do. Whenever, whenever we, we're growing up to believe something, mm-hmm. basically we believe most of the time whatever our parents believe and they pack our suitcase for us. And then whenever uh, we get out of the house and go live our own life, we unpack it and we keep what we think is truth and we let go oh, of self-discovery yeah self-discovery mm-hmm. like well, gotta pack your own suitcase yeah, at that point exactly yeah. there you go that's pretty good sorry bro <laughs> i was i was at the gym today my brain's been so fuzzy i've had i was yeah. yeah it's just it's just one of those days it's okay man no oh, problem get it. i get it might need some good hydration <laughs> yeah. I, I did think about this i was like i think i need more water that caffeine it's took a lot out of it too yeah. hey uh and so with that how Trying to think where I was gonna go with that. This whole last two minutes will probably be deleted. <laughs> I don't remember. Suitcase. Suitcase. No, I was gonna uh, ask a different question. What was I gonna ask? Hollow rock. I mean, he did ask like how it was growing up. Yeah, that's growing up Catholic. Yeah, 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 your yeah. mom. Um, um, the light bulb went off. Yeah, 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 yeah. Electricity was shot. 
No, it came back on. Like for the, her, the, the light was turned. The on. light was turned. Yeah. yeah. Um, What's your? What about your dad? So it's actually so kind of funny. I never wait, saw wait, it. Uh, uh, <clears throat> and so with that, with your mom doing that, or believing that, and kind of being that person for you, how, how did your what role did your dad play in that? So it's kind of funny how growing up we heard that he was a bit of a wild child slash uh-huh. black sheep of the family, oh, okay. <laughs> and I would say like I didn't see that growing up because he'd uh, gone through it already, mm-hmm. um, and I think it it was because he'd changed his life as well. Um, and so I would say like for my dad, um, I, I know that my mom became Christian first mm-hmm. and I think it was her effect on him that made him, um, choose to become Christian as well cool. down the line. Awesome. Right. That's good. I'm, I'm curious on, uh, in, in the Philippine culture, um, what, uh, trying to like gender roles, how, do, what, uh, how are they pretty traditional to what American gender roles are? Mm-hmm. Uh, versus Philippine? Yeah, well, mm, it's probably the same. Yeah. Um, so my dad was a breadwinner. My mm-hmm. mom um, helped raise all of us. Yeah. One thing is that she did want to work, but yeah. one thing that was important, I think, that they both discussed was he wanted her to actually parent us versus the um, house help um, yeah. instead of being raised by house help. Okay, cool. I, I don't even know where I was going with that question. I was just genuinely curious. Yeah. Uh, different cultures like that just uh, fascinating. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you bet, yeah. I'll draw you back. <laughs> All right. Um, so how? Uh, what, what's your walk with Christ looking like these days? Um, I've actually really kind of plugged into my church here in town. Oh, that's um, great. Which one? I go to City Hope. Oh, nice, yeah. yeah. We uh, took my daughter to VBS there this week. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. She liked it. Yeah. Yeah. So what does that look like? Um, so I've plugged into the small groups. Um, mm-hmm. My wife and I go um, serve as well on Sundays. That's um, great. And then um, I, I find that for us this season, there are a lot of times when we're not able to go in person because yeah. of traveling. But oh, right. it's nice. I, sometimes we check out the online services, and mm-hmm. I think that's a great thing mm-hmm. um, that's happened with yeah. technology nowadays. Is, um, you can leverage it for good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, people complain about it because they're like, oh, ever since they started doing that, people aren't coming back to church. Uh, but I think it's a, it can be used as a very good tool. I yeah. will say if you aren't going to church because it's easier to watch it, then that's something else exactly. <laughs> you need to consider. Yeah. Yeah. But Check your heart. When you, yeah. can't, when you can't go to church and you just want to hear the word, like I think it's exactly. great. Right, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, good point. So how, how does your, uh, your belief in Christ... Um, affect the way that you treat patients. I actually read it. So I feel like in the past, um, when you're working in a non-Christian run organization, mm-hmm. like it's kind of harder to. <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to rep them oh, okay. <laughs> in an official oh, capacity. Okay. But what I mean is like the, where I work at right now, they their mission says that they want to run it as a Christian ministry. Oh, that's great. And while it might not be, you know, overt. Um, there are ways that you can show them um, how Christ has had an effect on your life mm-hmm. um, while you're providing your medical care. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes, you know, patients, all they genuinely want, especially with some things that they can't change, you mm-hmm. know, your medical issues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can work on it a little bit, but there's some things that are kind of set the way they are. Of course. And all they really yeah. need is um, someone to listen, someone yeah. to pray for them. And yeah. that means 
more to them sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're allowed to openly discuss the gospel with them during your sessions and everything like that, right? Um, we are. Yeah. yeah. That's great. That's awesome. Um, I will say there's always you got to read the room. You yeah, can't, um, again, <laughs> come in with a, <laughs> with a sledgehammer <laughs> and I kind of like, you yeah. gotta do this, this, and this. Yeah. But if it comes up organically, yeah, they encourage it. Cool. I love it, man. That's cool. Yeah. Um, Dibs, what gives you joy as a PT? I think it's it's the impact that it can have on people's lives when, like I said, they do run with it. Because that lady, she wound up helping me <laughs> much more. Because there, there are times that, you know, you have cases where you feel like you lost because you weren't able to help. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. certain people yeah. and you kind of got to just focus on the good and yeah. just keep marching on um, yeah. and that brings me joy like, yeah. I, I feel like I I haven't had a day where I don't want to do my line of work because yeah. I, I feel like awesome there are days that the resistance is harder where you're like uh, I'm <laughs> <sleepy>. <laughs> I wish I could sleep in <laughs> but overall I, I love what I do um, yeah. don't really want to change what I'm doing mm-hmm. for the foreseeable future either that's great that's great my wife just started doing home health. Um, oh, sweet! And she really enjoys it. She's mm-hmm. she's been doing like med surge, like night shifts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And she made a transition and was doing home health, mm-hmm. and she loves the flexibility of it. And I think the biggest thing she's complained about is she's going to these these people's homes and they're like ninety five degrees in their house, and she's just like uh-huh. sweating like crazy. And you can't it's her home. So it's it's her home. Yeah. <laughs> well, she's six months pregnant, so that doesn't help. Oh, yeah. I got so you. She, She's like, I had to walk out because I got to pass out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's cool. So what, what kind of fitness are you into these days? So actually last week, so my wife and I haven't really religiously worked out since May because people were getting married and yeah, travel we, we, and all we, that. We have people, friends who left and married I'm and using them changed as my excuse. routine. <laughs> <laughs> Throw them under the bus. No, but yeah. it, it was nice because I feel like since, you know, most of my previous workout buddies had kind of moved on um, from that gym. I realized I wasn't making it in in time, so I was like, yeah. you gotta start here at home. And yeah. it was kind of nice again to pick back up last week. Yeah, yeah, cause he's got a special room. <laughs> oh, you got a home gym? Uh, no, not, not the, like the full-blown Peloton or, or... We do have... Yeah, he at least had some... We've got a, yeah, we've got a bike and we've got free weights, mm-hmm. so... Sweet. Just kind of doing what you can in your space. Cause yeah, I think the thing is, yeah, I think and for me it was choosing to do what I can, um, and just kind of keeping up with it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you know the, for me it's a big mood regulator. Mm-hmm. I always feel better after a workout, and absolutely. I feel oh, like, yeah. for me, um, that's something that I realized. I've been under quite a bit of stress just with keeping <clears> up <throat> with stuff and. Yeah life and I, I find that after I'd, we'd gotten back to it hopping back on the wagon so yeah. to speak mm-hmm. like you really do feel like there's a big difference um, yeah. it just helps with just when you're kind of tired you know you don't have the energy to be uh, huffy or frustrated <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah I get it it's true it's uh and there's nothing better to help uh, get through those early mornings are you early are you an early morning workout guy do you do in the evenings the last week that's what we were doing because yeah. the thing is like by the time I was getting home, it became easier to use, oh, I'm tired, or it was uh-huh. a long day as an excuse. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. we're trying to do it um, 
around six in the morning. Yeah, that's the way to do it. Cool. Before you do anything else, just get it. Just going. smoking yeah. like a morning. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, cool. Smoking like a morning person. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I will say, yeah, my my coach said morning is the best. I was like, yeah, I was there. <laughs> if I'm in bed sleeping, that's not the best. That's true. That's very true. <laughs> Do you follow any sort of programming, or does anybody build you programs? Or you just kind of do on your own. Thing? Um, there, there are programs that I have online. Um, oh, okay. And I think that's a neat thing is you know a lot of people will help kickstart you with mm-hmm. free programs, but yeah. when you like hit the, the wall, the Progressive World Build Podcast yeah. build you programs. That that it does. Okay, yeah. Amy. I haven't checked it out yet. <laughs> or sure. I haven't. Just need to look at your I'll, work. I'll build you the best program. I'll turn you into. Better looking walker. Ah, <laughs> I kind of wanted to change my physique, so I'll. I'll Dude, I would love to coach you seriously. Ooh, if you're okay. if you're into it, that would be cool. awesome. Okay, I'll bring I'll tag team on you. That would be sick. I will say actually, like for me, the other thing that I'm wanting to hone in on this year is nutrition because mm-hmm. I feel like absolutely that's the thing that's kind of hard to keep up with if you're not meal prepping, and life kind of. It's, it's kind of hard to eat, yeah. keeping a healthy diet going. Especially when you're on the road, traveling as a therapist. Yeah. yeah. I made lunches last week. That hasn't happened this week. <laughs> <laughs> One week, I will have every single meal planned. I'll have breakfast ready for me, throw some egg muffins in the microwave, eat them on the way to work, bring mm-hmm. lunch with me. And the other week, I eat out every single meal. It's just, there's, there's no in-between. <laughs> I have a bad habit of just going to the store that will last me for three days because I'm like, I don't know what I want to eat for the rest of the week. <laughs> It's that. just three days at a time, and then, then I kind of get my walking around. It's just like people time before I hit the bed. I don't hate that. I don't hate that at all. Mid, or, Food no, stays no, fresh. Love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. You're not throwing away two week old vegetables as much. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> I've actually switched to frozen vegetables yeah. just because that was the thing. It's like it's I wasn't true. getting around to cooking them mm-hmm. um, soon enough after I bought them, and yeah. I think that's one of those things. I've I've had to change what I can keep so it's not perishable. Yeah, no, I get it. That's smart. That's smart. Um, what? Whenever I was gonna ask, and I forgot. It's probably I don't uh, kind of calling back to the first of the episode when you said that you you got to two hundred forty pounds, and mm-hmm. then whereas how much weight did you lose from there to your kind of lightest? Mm, I think the lightest I've been is like one hundred ninety. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Fifty pounds. That's great. Uh, yeah, trying to get back under. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get it. So, what what was the main success there? What what kind of helped? It is nutrition. So, like, yeah, the absolutely. the energy <laughs> consumption like never really switched because like even with the workouts, I know like I, I can't um, beat it. But I would say like for me, kind of honing back on. Um, yeah, just eating everything. I like eating. I like cooking. Yeah. And He's a really a big, good cook, by the way. Oh, thank oh, you. Really? And that's a, wow. that's a problem. <laughs> the, the, the heart ones and what's good for you are diametrically opposed. And I've actually kind of looked into, again, sometimes you just have to make switches. Yeah. And yeah. it works out good. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure there's substitutions you can make that won't be just good. Well, I love what you said, because trying to out-exercise bad nutrition is the exact same as trying to outwork a sin mm. you, uh, it's uh repeat that so trying to outwork your nutrition out exercise bad nutrition mm-hmm. is just like trying to outwork out serve a bad sin mm-hmm. <coughs> dang i have to chew on that i mean that is good chew on it man i, I kind of heard it but where yeah you know most of the time people get trapped in that cycle of 
this is my sin. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't mm-hmm. do it. And it preoccupies your mind until your um, your resolve wavers, uh-huh. and you gotta fill it with what's good. 100%. And that's what keeps you busy and engaged. 100%. Yeah. Anyway, if all you focus on is what you can't do, you miss out on so much mm-hmm. things that you can do. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, I like that parallelism. I wasn't expecting he sprung that. I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> That's true. So for those of you listening, that is everything that the Progressive Overload podcast is about. We take things that are true and, and present themselves as problems and solutions in health and fitness, and we relate them to problems and solutions in our walk with Christ. Mm-hmm. That is that is the whole basis and premise of our podcast um, because that's reality yeah absolutely there there are just so many parallels between fitness and christianity it's it's amazing mm-hmm. and uh so that's why i started the whole podcast to begin with um so i guess if uh as we close up is, is it if there's one thing that you can get uh whoever's in your brain listening mm-hmm. and whoever you think of who's listening to this podcast um what's one thing you'd like to leave them with because you know Lige will be listening. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, you know, in all aspects, we got to be willing to show ourselves the grace that Christ showed us. Yeah. And I think that that's the most transformative thing is mm-hmm. be willing to make those mistakes and just try to do better as you can. Yeah, absolutely. Is there a, a personal story behind that? Um, mm-hmm. I would say yes. Um, so for me, I, I talked about how fitness was like a great mood regulator. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, especially like when I was when I was a teenager, <laughs> over a decade ago. Because <laughs> because no, oh, he's thirty two, we're, we're babies in this uh, job. We are. I know. And so we, like, we are actually birthday bros. Same exact oh, birthday. Wow, cool people. Sorry. But no, I would say for me, there was a lot of time where I was trying to out exercise in. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that you know you realize is unless you're filling your life with what's good. It makes it that much harder to say no. Yeah. And I would say for me, um, exercise did wind up being a big mood regulator that helped mm-hmm. me so that if you're not having a pity party for yourself, mm-hmm. you know, it kind of helps you do more things to help yeah. yourself instead of that vicious cycle where you're right. yeah, yeah. feeling bad about the things that you could have done, should have done. Yeah. Um, and I would say like it, it was something that I heard in... Uh, service where the pastor was saying that most of the time you know people if they could they would they've done it in the past and he said you know the things that are good you'll do them again in the future mm-hmm. if you're willing to allow God into your life so that you can mm-hmm. do it again because if you do it on your own strength it, it's that much harder absolutely that's good stuff man awesome I'm glad you shared that it's just uh-huh. rich. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't <Right>. mine. <laughs> yeah. <Some pastors. laughs> yeah. You can take the credit. All right. Anything else, guys? I no, had a question. You. I gotta listen to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You should check. I'm on a few. Yeah. Um, how? What's it like being married to an OT? You know, it's expanding stuff that I didn't think were mm-hmm. like sensory issues for me. I was yeah. like, you know what? Yeah. This thing's bothering me, and now it makes sense. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's true. I forgot your yeah. You told me your life was an occupation. Yeah, it's like the stuff that you, it, it's pretty easy for it to go over our heads. Mm-hmm. Like I don't like being upside down, and she said it's because you don't like that system, and I prefer like lymphatic stuff. Gina's yeah. uh, yeah. right on Gina. Yeah, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. So y'all are just like a power couple of therapy. <laughs> I don't know if we're your a kid, power couple. Your kid's gonna we're be some like kind a, of couple. <laughs> <laughs> so you're you're gonna be your physical therapist, your wife's occupational therapist, your kids. I don't know if y'all have kids. Do y'all have kids? Not yet. No. no. When you have kids, they're gonna be like a mental health therapist, and y'all just have the whole spectrum covered, mm-hmm. and you're just good to go. Her sister, <laughs> yeah, her sister's taking up speech, so we're, we're oh, okay. Yeah, you the got whole speech. Oh, yeah, you just got everything. <laughs> Everyone in the neighborhood will just come to y'all's house. <laughs> There's a line outside. <laughs> I don't know if I'd be cool with that, but yeah, that's yeah. good. She's a blessing. That's good, dude. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. Well, everybody, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, if you came here to hit, hear his story, and if you're a personal friend of his, um, like I said, our podcast is all about fitness and faith. We relate our uh, our fitness journeys to our, our faith journey, and uh, it helps us grow in both of them. And so stick around and listen to all of our other podcasts. We, I think this is like 77, 78, 79, somewhere around there. And uh, so go check them out. Walker's in a bunch of them. Uh, we have a bunch of different people that... I just get to hear from him all the time. I have one last thought. Okay. I'm staring at a drink that Joe is drinking, and at the bottom it says, people. Unleash the Ultra Beast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, everybody, go unleash the Ultra Beast in you. Um, and you just told everybody I'm drinking a monster. They're not supposed to they, do that. No, who would know that you're drinking a monster? Just, oh, people that drink monsters know what that is. Really? Uh, oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. That's I think the that's the thing. kind I drink, but I'm not sure. <laughs> All right. Well, we love all of you, and we thank you for tuning in. Uh, listen to us next week. Um, don't forget to support us on Patreon. Uh, go to patreon.com slash progressiveworldpod. Um, in there, you can receive uh, one-on-one coaching from me, or you can receive uh, exercise programming, uh, a bunch of different levels there uh, that you can support us uh, through that. Um, we love you, and see you next time. Until time. Thanks for listening to the Progressive Overload Podcast. We're honored to be a small part of your day. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or are interested in sponsoring our efforts, please feel free to reach out via email. Find us at progressiveoverloadpod at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe and follow our podcast so you'll be notified when our next episode drops. And as always, you can help us reach the masses by sharing our podcast with your friends and family. And then check us out on Facebook and Instagram to follow our own personal journeys and get an inside look on our day-to-day lives. Thanks again, and we'll see you soon.